Welcome to Pardon the Confusion. I'm your host tonight, Travis Greer. And as usual, I am uh, joined by my good friend, Ernest Watts, and uh, Paul Arnold as well. Uh, we're going to have a great evening this evening, a, a great time to share some things on our minds this week, you know, about sports and who knows what. That's why we call it Pardon the Confusion. But uh, Travis Greer here, I had some crazy things coming to my mind. Uh, and as I was getting ready for bed the other night, I thought, it, thought of a few new segments that I'm going to introduce tonight for Ernest Watts and Paul Arnold. Paul, Ernest, anything to open us up tonight? Anything that's just burning off your chest to get off now because I'm your host and hopefully we'll have a great discussion in tonight. Anything? Doing well shout, today? Shout out to my, my home hockey team. Yeah. The, the uh, Carolina Hurricanes are within one game of clinching the President's Cup, which is awarded to the team with the best regular season record. And even though ESPN says nothing about them because they're mad about the Hartford Whalers moving to North Carolina, they've been holding a grudge for 27 years now. And NBC, who just doesn't care because they're losing the NHL package after this year, it's been a great team for the hockey team that I've followed all these years. Paul, what's high on your interest? Hey, I'm happy because last week I've fished three different times, the first three times this year, and caught a bunch of bass. So I'm feeling good. So we can talk any sports you want. So, Paul, you know, I think our last podcast I hosted, I mentioned me and the, the Greer men were going to go fishing, and it was just a bad day fishing. We had a good time, but as Ernest reminded me, I was texting him about something a day or two after he said a, he's checking in, a bad day fishing beats a good day's work. So that, that rings true. So my two segments uh, for today to introduce some things, sports talk, but also some cool things. Number one is for Paul, and uh, the segment is called Saul versus Paul. And if he is a biblical char- character, Saul in the Bible was transformed and given a new name to, to Paul. Saul was a bad guy. Paul was the new man, the good guy, right? So, Paul, we hear Aaron Rodgers. He's a great player, great guy. But here again, we heard it last year, he is miffed again with the Green Bay Packers. So what bad, good, would come from Aaron Rodgers finally leaving and exiting from Green Bay? Is he, you know, other thoughts that I have as a host, and I'll set the stage and you can answer it. Is well, Aaron Rodgers trying to steal the spotlight from Tom Brady? No. You know, no. No, no man, so, he's in love. Aaron Rodgers is finally in love. He realizes he's not going to play football football forever. He even hinted this about a year and a half ago or two years ago when he said that he might decide to retire and play golf more. I think it's been on his mind for a couple years. He's always a little different type of dude. I mean, uh, when he had a personal assistant for years, the guy didn't know who he really was. He's always aloof. He's sort of a nerd. And he's finally found somebody that he enjoys being with. And also, Green Bay, come on, man. You can't not leave a guy with no weapons or no support year after year. And I think he's got enough money right now. I don't think he's trying to pull a lot of stunts. I do think the worst part of it all was that he it leaked out the day of the draft. And either that was really strategic to help them trade it, or as he said to um, Joe Horn, and I wasn't trying to upstage your son, it leaked out. I don't know if I can totally believe that, but I think he's going to retire if they don't trade him. What do you think, Ernest? So the choice is Green Bay retirement or another team, you're taking retirement. 
Well, the mm-hmm. Green Bay has thrown more money at it, but I don't think that's going to work. And I don't think they really want to trade them. So you're thinking they're going to trade them. Well, no, I'm just giving the three choices. Now, let me throw some some uh, diversions in here, so to speak. Now, the producer of Jeopardy came out this week and said they're going to make a decision about a host, permanent host, within the next two weeks. He also said that whoever they select as a permanent host, this will not be a side hustle. In other words, they'll be the host and nothing else, which probably eliminates, uh, let me see, the guy. Uh, Anderson uh, Cooper. Anderson Cooper. The guy. Uh, Katie Cork. The guy from 60 Minutes. Yeah, they're, they're probably eliminated. And that's probably a shot at Aaron Rodgers that if you want the job, that's all you're going to do. And... You know, he was MVP last year. We tend to forget that. Yeah. And and if you're a devout NFL fan, can you name other than the Adams, one of his receivers he has right now? You know, we used to throw this up about Brady all the time, that he got no help, no wide receivers. And he resolved that matter by going to another team. Yeah. I, I mean, I can't blame any of the parties. Gunderhurst, who is the general manager, he has to prepare the team for post Rodgers. You know, the team has to continue going, just like he did Favre. By the way, Favre says he's gone to another team. Uh, at the same time, he has to make the MVP happy. Now, Rodgers gets no help. I mean, that's it. They, they, they get Rhodes from Georgia. That's their draft pick, a cornerback. And they fairly decent cornerbacks this year. Mm-hmm. So I can't blame Rodgers. He's 37. He wants to go to the Super Bowl one more time. Yeah. Uh, nope. Like I said, there's there's no bad guys here. I fully understand all the positions, but unlike Paul, I think he will be playing this year, and I think he'll be playing for Green Bay. Yeah, I think I think they'll be now. Now it's it's kind of like they're doing this subterfuge behind it because the general manager came out today and said, "Well, we need to sign some veteran quarterbacks," trying to throw shade towards Rodgers. <laughs> but I, you know, and, and, and the choices he talked about going to, you know, I don't see him going to the 49ers. I don't see him going to the Rams. They just made big investments. Yeah, that was my other question. If, if Denver, could be like Brady could go to another team. Denver? Like, yeah. First of all, Green Bay is not going to trade him anybody in the NFC, okay? Yeah. That just that would blow up in their face. So we're talking to all AFC teams. And, and he talked about Denver. Uh, sorry, Chris. That's just not going to happen. And they talked about the Raiders, which are just a hot mess. Mm-hmm. But if he went to Miami, he could get to a Super Bowl with the young yeah. talent there. I think he's going to play. I think he's going to go at Green Bay. I mean, yeah. it's just, just him and the Hawn, and I think he – I don't know how much longer. I don't think he's going to get the Jeopardy job, and I wish him and Shailene Woodley – uh, happy wedding and honeymoon and all that good stuff, but she can make her movies and he can get MVP again. So he'll be in a Green Paul, Bay jersey. Paul, since this is, it was your uh, your uh, segment here, you mentioned that that he was in love. That was the first few things that come under your mind. Were you hinting around? Is would love be the next? You know, they drafted him last year, right? Would he be the next? <laughs> you know, um, next man in line? You think? I mean, did he get much playing time last year? I don't even recall. No, I mean, he had he a had, season. He, he got yeah. practically nothing. No, no preseason. That's what nothing. hurt him. No preseason and a limited yeah. camp. So, I don't think he's the answer. 
No. If he was, why would you be looking for a veteran quarterback? The veteran quarterback comment by the general manager was a throwing shade towards Rodgers or they don't have confidence in Love. And I saw Love play in college, and you never can tell. I mean, Mahomes surprised me, but I didn't see anything that, that – I mean, they got lucky. They got Rodgers after Favre. Yeah. And here's a fascinating statistic. No quarterback has ever played – starting quarterback has played 17 years for the Green Bay Packers. Bart Starr played 16 years. Uh, Brett Favre played 16 years. And last year, Aaron Rodgers played his 16th season for the Packers. Bum, bum, bum. Yeah, maybe one more year. Maybe 16's the, 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 the cutoff there. Due date, the, the expired by. Is that on the milk carton with Aaron Rodgers? You know, only good for 16 years? <laughs> well, you best buy this date. Yes. So Ernest, um, I was watching some baseball. We were crawling in the bed the other night, tuned into some baseball, and it was about the seventh inning. Yes. And um, this is how I thought of your segment. You know, it's quite catchy. So it's like, you know, seventh inning stretch. They started out with Yankees and whoever last night. I can't think Astros. of it. Astros, yes. Yeah, that's where they came um, out with the inflatable trash cans. Yeah, I saw somebody blowing one up in the, the, the stands there. But nonetheless, I didn't, I I didn't know like, they had those, but go ahead. Some one random thought come ahead. It's like, you know, the seventh inning stretch. What, what's the origin of the seventh inning stretch? Why does it happen? Why is it, you know, at the seventh inning and not like other sports halfway through the, you know, the entire game? So I thought of something. I said, oh, I could just Google it. I Google stuff all the time, and I did. But I would r- much rather hear your answer from Ernest Watts, the book of knowledge in sports. So this segment is called Ask What's What. Ernest, what is the purpose of uh, and the origin of the seventh inning stretch? Okay, I'm going to give you the myth, and then I'm going to give you reality. Okay? okay. The myth was always, it's first game of the season, President usually attended Washington Senators, and President Howard Taft was attending. Now, Taft was a big guy, 6'2", 350. I mean, he got stuck in his own bathtub. He was a strange <laughs> guy. He would not turn on any electric switches inside the White House because he thought he'd be electrocuted. He's also the only only president ever to serve as Supreme Court justice after he served as president. Mm -hmm. But uh, his knowledge of baseball was kind of like Tony LaRusso's, and we'll talk about that in a little bit, in that the legend went in the seventh inning. He was feeling restless. He had physical problems. He got up and stretched, and baseball picked up this tradition. The problem is... This isn't how it started. The original baseball team, the uh, Cincinnati Red Stockings, back in 1869, evented a stretch as an advertisement. They were supported by a local bar. So they stopped the game and stretched and turned to the crowd and tell them, after the game, go and have libations at so-and-so bar. So it started as an advertisement because of sponsorship. And it continued all the way to the what they called the championship series, which is not the World Series, back in 1869. And since the Red Stockings were the first professional team of all time, they carried it on. Now, there was a Catholic priest in 1886 that started with a college team because the players were getting kind of restless. But most history goes back to the Red Stockings in 1869. So there you go. You don't have to wiki this either. This is I did a little bit. And I, I, you know, I caught a little bit of that history, and uh, I, I like I like that, Ernest. I really do. And it's just, it hurts my heart 
but I'm not surprised. It was just another tactic to sell more stuff and oh yeah, money, all that money. stuff. Filthy lucre. I mean, again, uh, follow the money, just like Deep Throat told us and all the president's men. That's always the answer. And Boy, Paul, that was an old reference, wasn't it? <laughs> 1974. Uh, real quick for you, Paul, since Ernest chimed in a lot on your segment. So halftime, you know, different periods, there's a break and people, there's a mad rush for the bathroom with concessions. Are you the kind of guy to, to wait to go like five minutes, you know, until halftime? Or are you like go with the crowd or go like at the start of the third period or Whatever. Are you, what, well, you're very interested it. in my bathroom habits, Travis. Um, right. is life a little boring there in North Carolina? No, no. It's just he knows uh, you're an older man. You've got to go. More oh, oh, yeah. The, my bladder. As, as my, no, we. I had a. As men, a, we think strategy. Yeah, my I have a real good buddy, and his dad was quite a character. And we're driving along, going camping, and he says, "I got to pull over. I got TB." And I went, "Oh my gosh, Mister Gibbs has TB." And my <laughs> friends are laughing. He says, no, tiny bladder, tiny bladder. So, um, yeah, I'd leave five minutes before the halftime because I don't want to wait in line when I really, really have to go. So, Yeah, okay. so I'm just saying that as men, we think strategies, and I even heard Ernest before. Ernest, you can give the plug for the website, but we when we talk movies sometimes, he says there's this website that you oh, can yeah. go to, and it gives you a quick hint of, like, when's the best time to take a concession break or a bathroom break? So, what's that website, Ernest, for our viewing? I, uh, uh, bestbreak.com. It basically tells you at what minute part in the movie there's the least going on. So, you don't miss like something really you know, important at that time. Bestbreak, bestbreak.com. That's it. Okay. All right. There you go. There you have it. So, next segment, guys, is called The Five Senses of Sports. And the, the, what, why this was placed on my heart the other day is I was toting my son out to the uh, baseball. We're in full swing midway through the season. Is this the son who hit the home run the other day? Yeah, he hit a dinger. He yeah, hit a man. dinger. It not, it, it, coach's pitch at his age of eight. There's no hitting over the fence, but there's pretty good hitting over in the outfield, over their heads, and making it uh, you know, inside of the park home run. So it was, it was pretty awesome. Uh, so enjoying baseball, really am. Just uh, and I sent a, a far side cartoon to Ernest of the day, and this was there was this coach uh, screaming over his few players, pretty much saying, um, "My goodness!" It was like, "All right, now everybody, you know, get out there and remember, your parents are counting on on you to achieve their unfulfilled dreams of sports glory," you know. But I, I'm not that crazy, but I'm excited. And we were on the way out to the ball field, and on my iTunes playlist. Um, one of the songs come up, try to get Landon excited and pumped up. And the song Thunderstruck by ACDC came out in the, uh, 1990. It came on and that took me back to my sports days. And I, that was the first time in a long time that I got goosebumps. I'm not playing baseball with them, but I assistant coach, but it got me hyped up again and took me back to my glory days. And um, so that made me think of this segment, the five senses of sports and this uh, importance of music in sports. And this, this uh, podcast here is broadcasted on sportscountry.net, right? Sports Country Radio, you know, and music is a big part of life in general. So what senses resonate with you all in sports these days? Or what senses take you back to your glory days um, and get you excited? So sight, sound, smell, taste, and touch. So we'll just start there. What, what, what gets you so excited about the sights? of sports, whether when you played it or you gone to a recent game, what, what is it that just gets you stimulated? Well, with baseball, <laughs> it was always the, the combined smell of 
suntan lotion, the the sand, and the cut grass. Yeah, I mean, all the three of those smells were. I wish you could have like put it in like some air freshener or something. But now, as for music, we would have at my time we would have strapped like two phonographs to the side of our head. But <laughs> two songs that like really used to get me going. You know, my played football was we always got them to play uh, uh, Freebird by Leonard Skinner and uh, uh, China Grove by um, Doobie Brothers. Yes. So those, you know, hard-rocking, rhythmic songs, long extended, and we would have them play. And it was uh, when Paul and I were doing football on radio and TV, it was interesting that the players actually got requests in, and -hmm. they would play the music. Now, the music today probably has a little bit more offensive language, so stuff would slip by. And I remember, I don't know if Paul (laughs) was doing a game with me or somebody, we Gave somebody the side eye when a particular obscene phrase flipped by. I don't know. It was I think it was a home game, but it's it's different. But that's that's the the sound. I mean, I know a lot of people in urban areas talk about seeing the green grass of a stadium and baseball park. Yeah, that's for me. I can remember, and you know, you climbing up the stairs, you know, and you just you finally get the big vista view of the football field, the baseball field, or the race car track, and it's just. It just it's untouched, it's clean, it's fresh, and waiting for all the action to go on. And it's just, you know, and it's pretty cool. Pretty cool. I'm, de- I'm detracting from Paul, but one other before he starts, or I'm stalling and let him get time, is the <laughs> intercom. The, the reverberation of the in- intercom and the echo in a stadium, mm-hmm. that's, that's unique. Even when I listen on the radio, I just, it brings me closer to hear that the PA announcer. And I've been a PA announcer for high school football and basketball games. And it's just, that's just part of the, the atmosphere. All right, Paul, I stalled long enough. Did you come up with your choices? Yeah. Well, grass, definitely the smell of cut grass in the spring really brings it back. And then, but one thing I didn't think about until I was listening to radio this weekend, they said that a lot of the announcers are going to be really grateful to have fans back into the baseball stadiums because they're so used to doing the game and making their commentary, and they're pretty close to the field. And during COVID, the players could hear them sometimes, and they would look up like, "Did you just say I missed a?" You know, they would say, you know, things back to the announcers, and they're so <laughs> glad to hear that the crowds will be back and the buzz of the crowd. And I love going to a minor league or even a major league baseball stadium and hearing the buzz of the crowd. And mm-hmm. picking up some food and just the smell and all that is just re- so relaxing just to sit there and watch a game. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, I can all resonate with that. And uh, we, my son, we was out at church the other day, and my son actually fiddled around. You know, some things are off-limit at church. The tr- You know, piano, no banging on that. But he somehow figured out how to turn the organ on, which is never played, and it still works. And he started just playing a few tunes on there being appropriate with it. And that just like, I think about that with baseball too, just to hear in the, the organ. And not, I don't know if many places still do that or, or churches for that matter. Right. But it's the, this the nice crisp tune of that, uh, the organ for me, like smells, uh, man, those hot honey roasted, roasted pecans, the charcoal grill, mm-hmm. all those things. So I look, I look forward to that again. Um, really soon uh the red hots got your red hots red hots and uh we got uh our what's minor your league favorite team. hot dog travis hot dog 
you can't beat a Nathan's hot dog. You can't beat that. Yes, but you, you got to have ketchup, mustard, chili, and fresh cut onions on top. That's just about as simple as it can get and as tasty as it can get. So and a new shirt afterwards. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, a new shirt afterwards. That's right. Um, so yeah, we'll we'll leave that there and uh, we'll head on to topics next up. I have like NFL draft recap, NHL headliners, and uh, a little bit of NBA. And Ernest, do you want to start at NBA? You just attended a your first. Speaking of our experiences with our five senses, you just attended the Heat Hornet games this past weekend, correct? Yeah, it was a different environment. Of course, everything had to be done digitally and buying the tickets. Uh, you go in, you had to do a health check on your phone on the web on the app for the team. Uh, you had to put down all your medical information. It was me and my grandson. You had to enter by, uh, you could only enter at a certain time according to where you sat and what side of the, the, the stadium you were in. And when you entered, and both of you have gone to games with me, so you know I like to get early and I like to go around, I like to watch uh, you know, warm-ups or batting practice, whichever, very early. Uh, couldn't do that. Couldn't go to the team store. Concessions you had to buy on your phone, on the app, have them deliver them to you. Mm. Uh, It was different. I mean, I enjoyed the game. I hadn't been to a game in in 14 months. It was just a a new experience. It was different. The crowd was fairly loud, but I could hear stuff on the court. I could hear the officials, and I'm in the upper deck. I could hear the officials. I could hear the players. Uh, particularly when they thought there was no foul, it was it was unusual. Uh, I enjoyed the experience in the game, uh, but I'm ready for us to get to you know a safe level where we can go back to filling stands up again. Yeah, back to full strength, as they say. And yeah, uh, yeah, hockey, yeah. Right? <laughs> we get to the immunity level of seventy percent. Uh, vaccination level i'd like to get back to some normalcy but it was it was good it was different i hope next time is a full stadium hope i can get there and roam around it's fascinating went through all these protocols and they test you when you come in they test you when you go out and we went through a parking lot and the first thing i smelled i turned to my grandson i said he said no he said to me he said you, do you smell that? And I said, I know what that is. Do you know what that was? And clearly <laughs> it was weed. And I thought, well, we're healthy till we get to the parking lot. But I guess we're out at that time. It's, mm. I'd go again. I had no reservations. Uh, 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 they did the best they could in, in getting the place clean. Well, they, they, like- wouldn't, they wouldn't let me remotely go to the bathroom, though. I had to still do that for myself. Okay. Okay. Well, good deal. At least it sounds like they did everything except make you, make you pee in a cup. And, uh, you know. That's pretty much it. Yes. Well, cool. the old days, Paul won't remember this. The old days, soft drinks came in glass hmm. and, and they had wide openings to them. So when you were on trips, you had a receptacle to take care of business, so to speak, in the old days. Especially for the guys that drink a lot of beer during the game, you know? Yes, I'm, yes, yes. You didn't always have to stop. Good old days. See, something's wrong. So what was the outcome of your game? that you? Uh, unfortunately, they lost. It was an important game to the Heat, but okay. they've got severe injury problems. The uh, Bridges, which is one of the big stars, is on COVID protocol. 
They've got uh, Graham, uh, the starting point guards, out with the injuries. and Gordon Haywood has been out for a month with a leg sprain. So they're trying to hold on to the eighth spot, which would give them home court advantage for the play-in tournament, which no one likes now. LeBron. LeBron yeah, LeBron's found out he may have to be in it. And uh, uh, the Dallas Mavericks owner and teams have realized they may have to be in it, and they don't want to be in it either. And uh, like I said, it's, it's, it's exciting to the extent it's got to the point where we are 10 days before the end of the season, and there's only been four teams eliminated from the playoffs. So and there's, there's been no tanking. There's been no, I mean, no tanking because – and that really affected the trading deadline. You didn't see the movement that you saw because more teams were getting in that. And, and yeah, it's extra revenue. And let's face it, whoever finishes seventh and eighth in the East is going to wind up playing Philadelphia and the Nets. They're going to get beaten four straight. But for a little while, two extra, four extra teams have playoff possibilities. Yeah, so I, I'm okay with it. I mean, you know, it's I can see how a team beat up like the Lakers and and their point guard uh, just went on COVID protocol. How that's the last thing they, you know, LeBron wants to play as few games as he can, and it's fascinating that I heard a physician say this week that um, that LeBron with his high ankle sprain, this is not going to be an injury that he's ever going to get away from. He'll be susceptible to this. For the rest of the career, this might be the beginning of seeing him physically break down. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, Paul, you got any comments on what's happened in NBA this week? Yeah, I'm, I'm kind of. I sit there right with you. I'm just. I'm not that into it until playoff time gets here. But you got any thoughts on NBA this week? Um, you know, the few clips I saw, unfortunately, were just LeBron. You know, Morning. being very dismissive and like, why are we doing this? I don't think he has it in him to repeat this year. I think he looks a little tired. Like Ernest says, the injury is not one that you bounce back quickly. AD's a little... Um, I never bet him out. I mean, he's almost like the Patriots of the NBA. You, you can't rule him out until they're really done. Uh, but it's a good year for somebody else to jump up there, and there's some decent teams out there. So, yeah, I'm really not in the NBA yet. Just enjoying baseball and... Believe it or not, even golf. I know it's not Ernest's thing, but I enjoy a little golf on a Sunday and taking a nap, too. Uh, that's fantastic. And I heard a blurb. I think Gene covered it this morning in his wake-up call on uh, Sports Country Radio. And uh, uh, something about the Super Golf League over overseas or something like that. I, I didn't get all the context with as working and listening at the same time. So And being on a conference call as well, but... Uh, Look forward to that. Yeah, yeah, they've tried this before. This isn't the first time. And the difference with this in soccer, um, you don't have that you don't have that hometown allegiance. And and the European mindset, man, the Europeans view sports differently than we do. Especially soccer. You know, soccer is when you get to the end of it, they may add two minutes, but if you've got the ball, they'll give you twenty more. I mean, you know. The ball has to go completely out of bounds, whereas we, you know, any sport we have, the ball touches out of bounds, it's out. It's a different mindset. But with golf, you're talking about independent contractors. Mm-hmm. So if they decide, you know, if the PGA says you're out because you're going to play in the Super League, like you know, the uh, heads of all the soccer leagues attempt to do with their Super League, mm-hmm. uh, golf guys, you know, as long as they can play in the, the PGA, I mean, the U.S. Open, and the masters, they don't care about the others. I mean, 
it's, it's, they'd be happy to play over in uh, Arabic countries for a while and make all the money they can, and that'll get the ratings. I mean, mm-hmm. I, they've, they've talked about this, Paul. I, as long as I've lived, creating some super top 10 golf league. I mean, this isn't new by no respect. Yeah. So, um, so good deal there. Yeah. So tune in to, to Gene's podcast and show a little bit more morning wake up call. And, uh, of course, grab yourself a cup of coffee. I like that uh, tagline every morning. I get that notification on my phone. Maybe we need to do something like that. Maybe we're in the evening, grab yourself a, you know, cup of sweet tea or, or pop or soda, something like that. Uh, nonetheless. Uh, so I listened to you guys chat last week, you know, uh, and it was prior to the NFL draft for each of you. What, uh, what were your takeaways? What were your most exciting picks, disappointing picks? Paul, I see your Detroit, uh, not tigers lions. They took away, uh, a lot of, uh, uh, frontline men. They, they took defensive tackles, offensive tackles. Those first three, uh, one, two, three, four picks, you know, they seemed like they beefed up their, their linemen. Any thoughts on, Overall, the draft, Paul? <clears throat> Overall, Lions fans are very happy. Uh, we're glad that Cincinnati were just dazzled by a quarterback-wide receiving reunion. And that was sort of the theme of the draft. They, you know, Before, it wasn't very common to see a quarterback and wide receiver from the and running back from the college scene to make it in the same team with the pros. But you had Clemson uh, with the quarterback and a running back going to the same team in Jacksonville you have a wide receiver and quarterback in Cincinnati that played together in college I think you had it also in New York Jets Um, and down in Miami you have it as well Uh, I think people hope for that instant chemistry if they're going to throw the quarterback in right away they want to give that quarterback someone they trust or someone they know so they have that instant connection. But for the Lions, they just need big guys on the line. And Sewell is a beast, and we're glad to have him. And um, we just know it's years away. I mean, you've got to remember, we're used to the Tigers, who have the u- worst record in baseball right now. Um, and so the Lions and the Pistons and the Red Wings were all down in the gutter. So we we like it sometimes when they own up to their problems and start the right way. Ernest, what were your takeaways from the draft? Well, the big mystery was going to be the number three pick. Was the 49ers going to take Trey Lance or, or Jones from Alabama? And you got all this smoke screen about how uh, Shanahan like loved uh, Jones, but they wound up taking Lance because, and that keeps Garoppolo from being traded for about a year because Lance can can learn. Because remember, he hasn't he's played one game in the last two years. Uh, I was, you know, not entirely surprised by that. Uh, fields dropping, and yeah, I would have liked the Panthers to take him, but uh, you know, the the Bears will just ruin him like they did Cutler and 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 Grossman as they always do, and and Trubisky. I mean, they just don't know how to operate. I, I hate it for Fields. Good pick for Chicago, bad for Fields in that respect. Yeah, no Bears words, quarterback has lasted 16 years, have it, like Green Bay. Sid Luckman is the last <laughs> great quarterback for the Bears, okay? Is that 1942? I mean, that's 1942. I mean, you know, everybody loves Jim McMahon, but Jim McMahon was an average quarterback, was on a team with one of the greatest defenses of all time, and he happened to have one of the greatest running backs to hand off to. If I had Walter Payton and I had that defense, I probably could have won a Super Bowl too, okay? So let's don't give me Jigman Man, okay? That's that's all well and good. 
But, you know, Leatherman was a bad pick for the Raiders. Stokes from Georgia was a bad pick from the Packers. I mean, you know, they just needed some offensive help. I like Parsons for the Cowboys. I thought that was a great fit with Sean Lee retiring on the same day. Tony was a bad pick by the Giants. Y'all know my feeling about wide receivers. The market is flooded. Mm -hmm. Okay, there's overabundance of that. And and wasting a draft pick in the first round for a wide receiver, I think, is a waste because I think you can get comparable talent in the second or third round. I do like what the Panthers did in the later rounds. They traded down. They built up picks. They got two starting offensive linemen. Um, They got one of the wide receivers from LSU that used to be coached by the offensive coordinator. So I like what my team did, but you know, again, uh, this is all conjecture. You don't know until they get out on the field. I think Lawrence is the only sure thing. I think he's Lawrence. it. Yeah. Um, he's going to be start for sure in Jacksonville. And uh, I was actually out kind of on a date, starting to get on a date, and I, I was reviewing the draft picks, speaking to our Panthers, and I text Ernest, says, Ernest, makes sense for me why the Panthers drafted a long snapper, and you know, that was that was the first that I've ever heard of using a draft pick to get a, a long and, snapper. So. And then five picks later, picked up another one. Yeah, Horn is going to be okay. We haven't had a shutdown corner since Josh Norman, and we've only had two ju- shutdown cornerbacks in the 28 years this team's existed: uh, Chris Gamble and and, and uh, Josh Norman. So we've never ever had a shutdown corner. We needed one. Um, the long snapper, that's, that's a cap move because the long snapper we got now is 38 years old and his okay. contract's pretty high. Uh, I, I do wish we could quit talking about Tebow going to the Jaguars to be a tight end. This guy's <laughs> ego is rampant. He hasn't played football in 10 years. And, dude, just, just give it a break. You got a pretty good gig on Saturday mornings on Fox, just on ESPN, excuse me. SEC network, just stick with it. You know, you're not going to make us a tight end. Why are you putting Meyer in this position? Why are you doing this? This is egotistical. I'm sorry. Ernest, how similar do you think we picked him up in the sixth round? She Smith comparable to Steve Smith. I mean, they're both about five nine, five ten, and you know, well, right at 200 pounds. What's what do you think? I've there? seen Shy Smith. I've seen him play quite a bit for South Carolina. I've seen Shai a Smith. lot of their games, uh-huh. and uh, he is. He has a similar height, but doesn't have the, the strength. Uh, y'all have heard me talk before. I went to an arena football game and met up with Steve Smith. And I swear his thighs were the size of my middle body. I mean, he's just, from the, from the waist down, one of the most muscular guys I've ever met. And he had that sheer will. Now, I've seen Chess Smith play quite a bit, and he's quick, and he'll be a, a nice little fourth receiver. Uh, Marshall's mm-hmm. going to play more flanker than anybody else, but uh, there's only one Steve Smith, and that's why he's going to the Hall of Fame. So yeah. the only the only similarity they have is the last name and the initials. Okay. The initials. <laughs> so, uh, well, good deal, good deal. And if you've uh, a good quick dad joke on er- Ernest there, if you've speaking of the thigh reference, if you've never seen Ernest, you know that's a pretty big thigh for Steve Smith. But just picking on you, Ernest. Ernest, you're looking great. Looking off. Boom. Um, So, yeah, Paul, I'm excited to see kind of too uh, this football season start up. Excited to see what your Detroit Tigers do. Tigers, my goodness. Lions. Yeah, and the Tigers. Lions and Tigers. Oh, my. 
Because they got a good, uh, my goodness, who'd they get from uh, Chargers, not Chargers? Uh, Rams, golf. Rams, yeah. golf. I'm excited to see what he can do for you guys. I really am. I really am. That's, see, Paul secretly wants Rogers traded away because they're in the same division with the Lions. <laughs> Definitely. Definitely. That's, yeah. that's the whole message because well, then he has to look down that murder's row of golf and uh, uh, cousins and uh, who, else, who else you got? Well, let me. I have one quick thing about the draft before we go on. Do you right, think. The Patriots did the right thing by picking up Mac Jones, and do you think Edelman is going down to Tampa Bay? Because Brady threw out a little shade at Belichick saying that Edelman didn't really retire. He just didn't want to tell Bill he's leaving to go to Tampa yes. Bay. I thought that was awesome. I, I say yes to both of those, Paul. Yes. <laughs> no, Edelman's not going. They got a and I name escapes me. They got a pretty good uh, possession wide receiver. Evans already. and Brown, and then they have um, what's the guy? A little white guy, and I cannot remember his name for the life of it. But he's a pretty good possession receiver. They, they, he wouldn't play. He wouldn't. He could not crack. He wouldn't even be a fourth wide receiver. So he's not going. And I saw another, as for yeah. Jones, I mean that was Belichick took the best candidate at that time. I mean, uh, I, I seriously, I mean, I have doubts about Jones because I've heard y'all, you've heard me say it before. You look at the offensive line for the guys that block for him got drafted in this draft. All of his wide receivers, except the one junior coming back got drafted. I mean, he was playing for a pro team and I, I just don't see that. I just don't see the talent. I mean, he may start, but I don't see him that remarkably better than Sternum, who they drafted from Auburn in the third round two years ago. Yeah. And well, I, Cam Newton, yeah, still I with the Patriots, right? Yeah, Cam. and, and you mean, we forget Cam had COVID in the beginning of the season. So, yeah. you know, physically he might be better. Uh, he didn't have a training. He didn't have a preseason to prepare for. So the one but thing about know, it, Mac Jones will get some work in time because Cam's, you know, he's going to miss – these past few seasons, he's going to miss some games, so he'll get some work in time for sure. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. And I saw the speaking of Cam and the Mac Jones. Uh, you remember the play th- three hundred and sixty kid, the commercial? Yeah, you know what I'm that that was yeah. the kid of Mac Jones. That's mm-hmm. Mac Jones warming up in his arm there. So yeah, but are, he said he was going to start for the Panthers, so it really couldn't have been Mac Jones. Well, yeah. So uh, speaking, maybe, of, maybe Darnold, maybe Darnold was in that commercial. But go ahead. Maybe it was. So this weekend coming up, this Sunday, it is Thursday as we speak. This Sunday is Mother's Day, and behind, I'm quoting this from an article from Bleacher Report: Behind every great athlete is a great woman, and same thing with the husband, right? Behind tell every him, tell him a, what he's done wrong. Yes. Uh, Brownie points. I'm going to speak a little bit louder so my wife can hear me. And I'm not talking about girlfriends or wives. You know, I'm talking about the special lady who. You remember the old toast, Paul? Yeah. Paul and and Travis, you remember the old toast, don't you? You toast to wives and girlfriends. May they never meet. (laughs) Not. Yeah. Um, But, you know. Mother's Day, y'all. You know, it's about that special mom. Y'all remember him, who or dad? You know, like Father's Day is coming up in June, right? But she drove us to practice every day. You know, she took care of us. She gave us hugs after a tough loss, or a band aid and kiss after a rough game. You know, so you know, moms. There's some special moms of sports. Y'all have any notable uh, 
sports moms in your minds that stands out as particular athletes in the past who who were well known or just made an impression upon sports world? Well, of course, Serena Williams is the first yeah. one. But of course, my mother drove me to practice for all those years. My dad was in the military and mm-hmm. he wasn't always available or he was working. And, and my mom would take me to to basketball practice and baseball practice and track practice and, and football. And she would go to all my uh, games. She didn't understand a thing about it because I, she kept asking me, what inning would the football game in? But she was still always, <laughs> always take me there. And uh, she knew that it was something big in me and my brother's lives. And she was, yeah. again, and, and, and my wife has, was, uh, she almost served as like a camp mother. I mean, when my youngest son was playing AAU baseball, she would organize the food when we were out of town. Mm-hmm. And I used to grumble because she would take this portable grill and grill hamburgers and hot dogs for the entire team. And I packed three coolers full of ice and meat and drinks. And she made sure every weekend when we went on the AAU uh, tournament field in, in four states that the kids got food afterwards and the parents got food. And I sit there and thinking, I'm financially supporting this team. I just don't know. Why am I doing this? <laughs> And she did that for the football teams, too, that both of my sons played for in high school at away games. She made sure they were fed. And yeah. they still, to this day, the the last event my son played in, I think, was 2009, college football. But these kids still seek her out and contact her and go through Facebook. And they still rem- they remember her, and she doesn't remember them. And yeah. uh, and then we're out in the public. Those few times we are, they'll they'll come across – areas and, and, and say hey to her and I can't hug her because of social distance. Then my wife says, how do they know it's me with the mask on? And I go, that steel magnolia voice you have, good gracious, you sound like an extra from Gone with the Wind. They pick up on your voice. <laughs> but uh, it's, it's women like my mother who were there to support and my wife who physically made sure these kids were taken care of that the superstars and the not so superstars come from. That's right. And I'm sorry. I took up too much time, Paul. I apologize. Oh, no problem. I'm just chilling out here. Um, yeah. So <laughs> quick story about my mom. Uh, my mom also didn't know much about sports, but she knew I liked it. Um, but when that, she'd get me to hockey practice at 6 AM in the morning. And, but when I came home later that in the, afternoon she'd make me leave all the hockey gear outside because it stunk so bad but Mm -hmm. um in michigan hockey's really big and my senior year i started in goalie and um all the hockey moms got to wear a little sock some mom knit a sock with our number on it so it was easily identifiable who was whose mom well we had a bad year that year and the worst part of it is we went up to traverse city michigan away game and they're really good and I had my worst game ever. And after second period, I said, Coach, pull me. I'm playing bad. And it was already like 12 to 1. <laughs> and we lost 17 to 1. It was the worst game I ever played. And my mom still wore that sock. And that really struck me. She never took it off or left the game early. And then later in the year, it ends on a good story. It was 1980, the year of the U.S. Olympics. Um, the U.S. team won the gold medal. And... Um, so right after the 
U.S. beat Russia before they won the gold medal, we had our big game against our arch rival, and it was our last chance to win. If we won that game, we would go into the playoffs, and we won three to two, and I played my best game ever. And to share that with her after she had seen me play my worst to see me play my best. So she made a scrapbook, and the scrapbook I made it only only had the good games out of the newspaper. She put every. <laughs> thing uh, the newspaper my good and bad good, games bad. so uh, she was proud of me no matter what and i think that's what makes a great mom yeah same here you know uh i wrestled in high school and you know here's a tribute to my mom she always made the best snacks like you know during during and in between the wrestling matches you know because we couldn't eat much before weigh in and she she packed you know the cooler full you know, we'd have an hour or two to, you know, get ready before the match actually started and weigh in and so forth. And I can remember those tortilla wraps uh, with banana, honey, and uh, all wrapped up. And sometimes a, a few uh, chocolate chip sprinkles in there. And that would just give me the carbs, the protein, uh, the banana from cramping. And, you know, the, my mom was dedicated. Same thing with my dad. But uh, my mom was the cowbell girl. She, you know, in football, she'd have the cowbell and uh, shirt cowbell. dressed up. Yeah, we, we need more cowbells. Um, I got a fever for cowbell. <laughs> oh, my God. More cowbell. Sorry. And she, she, she rang it and cheered for me. And, and uh, she had the, the name on the shirts and all that stuff and uh, posters and whatnot. So um, just shout out to all sports mom, team moms out there. And tell you what, some of them can be, you know, playing Little League, you know, baseball. Some of them can be more fierce than – then mom and dad, you know, or, or dad in the stands cheering and, uh, yeah, be pretty rough. So shout out to all your moms. Uh, my last take for tonight is, you know, give, give your mom a call. If she's still alive. If not, you know, shout out to your, to your wife or your mom like figure and just to celebrate them this weekend, spend some time with them and cherish those, those moments, uh, uh, that you have with them, Paul or Ernest, your last two minutes. Uh, let me rip Tony LaRusso. I'm 64, so I can do that. This guy's <laughs> 76 years old, still dyes his hair, so vain. And uh, for some reason, came back to manage, and he doesn't know the rules. The new extra inning rules, of course, you put the last person who made an out in the ninth inning, but not the pitcher. Well, he puts the pitcher out there. His whole coaching staff. His GM, who has a phone in the dugout, do not realize that the relief pitcher they paid more money for than anybody, Liam Hendricks, who is the key to their team getting the playoffs, could possibly be injured when he could have put anybody else at second base to start the inning. He has left pitchers in too long. He, I don't know. I mean, really, why are they, why they did this? Jerry Reinsdorf feels bad because they fired him back in 1991. Jerry, just slip him some money, okay? Get someone on there who knows the rules. You know, Taft invented the seventh inning inch allegedly because he didn't know the rules. LaRusso is going to ruin someone's career. All right? Get a coach in there who knows the rules. All right, Tony, come on. You're the Hall of Fame. You don't have to do this. You're, you're messing your repetition. And by the way, M is for the I mean. No, sorry. Thanks. I wouldn't be here without the mother. I wouldn't be here without the mother of my children. And I am very grateful for her. She doesn't listen to this, so I can say this anyway. <laughs> Paul? Uh, I'll just spend my last minute also saying that Wanda Watts is an amazing woman. Not only does she put up with 
good old Ernest, but she is a fantastic person supporting the church, supporting her friends, making great food, uh, just a big-hearted lady, and we just pray that she recovers fully from the recent surgery she had and um, and has the ability to really enjoy her grandchildren that she loves so much. That's nice. All right. Well, uh, gentlemen, it's been a joy tonight to hang out and chatting with you guys, and uh, we hope you've enjoyed this. And uh, if you will, just give us a, a review on uh, sportscountryradio.net or Pardon the Confusion, wherever you listen to your, your podcast. So um, this is Pardon the Confusion, and we are out for tonight. Thank you for listening. I got a fever. I need more cowbell. Cowbell.